What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single weekday. Coming at you Monday through Friday, available on all platforms, free wherever you're looking for us. So make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Fun show for you today. Blazers traded Josh Hart to the New York Knicks in exchange for Cam Reddish and and uh, and a protected first round pick. Damian Lillard had a triple double. Blazers got a really nice win over the Golden State Warriors, and a couple other trades happen around the league that I think will have an impact on who the Blazers aren't getting and where they aren't maybe sending a certain tall person on their roster. So let's let's get into it. This is a really fun show. We're gonna go war- we're gonna go game first. We usually go game first. We'll game first. Heart trade in the second segment. We'll close the show talking about the other stuff that happened around the league. Russell Westbrook, a gone from Los Angeles. We'll close the show talking about the big news of the day in the league. But let's let us do what we do. The Blazers, 125-122, a victory over the Golden State Warriors at home. Uh, the the Warriors playing without Steph Curry, who's who's out until uh, after the All-Star break, at least. The Blazers playing without Yusuf Nurkic, who's out after the All-Star break, at least. And then about five minutes before tip-off, um, Starting lineups had already been submitted. The way it works, you got to about a half hour before tip off, you got to officially submit starting lineups. Uh, those of you old enough to remember when the Blazers accidentally left CJ McCollum off the active roster because you like you you sign a physical piece of paper and submit it uh, for your for your roster for the night. So lineups have been submitted, and after that, the Blazers agreed to trade Josh Hart to the New York Knicks. So he gets he is um, a. DNP DNP uh, trade pending. I'm, I assume he goes home to pack. Is how that works. Out of out of the arena to go home, and because your life is moving quickly, you now need to. Uh, you know, you're going to catch a flight tomorrow morning across the country, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, I don't know where the Knicks are. Uh, you're going to meet up with the Knicks in whatever location, whatever location they are. But you're not going to be in Portland tomorrow. You got you got to pack. You got to leave, and then and then figure it out from there. So Gary Payton gets the start, and the Blazers actually played really well to open this game. They've had they've had such a stretch of just. Brutal starts, and they they take a lead against the Curryless Warriors, 34-27 after one. But the Warriors storm back with a 40-point second quarter to take a 67-63 lead into the break. I thought Portland played really well in the first half. Their defense just couldn't slow down Clay Thompson or or Jordan Poole in that in that uh, opening two quarters. Clay had 20 at halftime, but luckily on the other side, Damian Lillard 18 and five assists, like a, just like a, a freaking full on Chris Paul night. He had a, he had Chris Paul's uh, he had Chris Paul's game right there in the first half. 18 and five. This game's tied 95 all heading into the fourth quarter. Really fun game, like really really fun game. The Blazers bench plays excellent to begin. The fourth quarter, in fact, they extended the lead. Uh, they, they were led by six at two different points and were up by four when Jeremy Grant and Damian Lillard came back in the game. And then the Blazers gave up the lead. They coughed it up from up from up four when when the starters check back in. Uh, Golden State goes on a little goes on a little burst to take a 114-110 lead with 5:48 left in the game on a Jordan Poole three. Down four, starters back in. You know it's about to be welcome to crunch time. Let's go. What do the Blazers do? They rip off an 11-0 run to basically win the game. Damian Lillard drove, got fouled going up. A little, a little scoop layup. Uh, he didn't get the, his hands basically above his hips, but he was shooting at the time. Uh, but he he gets fouled, goes to the line, hits two free throws with a minute 32 left. The Blazers take a seven-point lead, 121-114. That capped that 11-0 burst. Uh, Jordan Poole scores a... a a little bit later, about um, about 45 seconds later, to end a five-minute and two-second scoreless drought for the Warriors. And the Blazers, they they just, I mean, the 11-0 run, the pool scores, 
uh, they get a bucket. Uh, Nazir Little gets a dunk inside 13-2 to maintain that seven-point lead. That's that's your difference. You hold on, and, and the Blazers hold on and win 125-122. You will note Portland scored more than 115, so they won the game. That's the magic number. That's your fastest recap in the West. Damian lowered his second-ever triple-double. Second-ever in his career triple-double. 33 points, 10 boards, 11 assists. 22 from Jeremy Grant after four straight games scoring under uh, under 20. He scores 22. Amphrey Simons, a, a, a quiet night, um, a quiet night offensively shooting the ball. He was he was four of 12 from the floor and finished with 11 points. Drew Eubanks had 10. Gary Payton had nine in that starting role. He played 22 minutes as the starter. But the reason the Blazers won this game is because the bench was awesome. Four guys played off the bench: Shaden Sharp, Trendon Watford, Nazir Little, and Jabari Walker. That is. Two rookies, a second-year undrafted guy, and and fourth-year and and uh, fourth-year, you know, first-round pick, fourth-year, fourth-year, uh, uh, fourth-year wing Nazir Little. Those four gentlemen combined for 40 points on 16 of 23 shooting. That's basically the difference in this game. Dante DiVincenzo came off the bench and had 18 uh, for the Warriors. They they got a nice boost from him. And Jordan Poole had 38 and 7 assists. He was really good. 31 from Klay Thompson, just 11 in the second half. Uh, 18 from Andrew Wiggins. But... Portland won this game because the bench was so good and because it got to the free throw line. 32 free throw attempts for the Blazers, just 10 for the Warriors. All year long, the Warriors have had a massive free throw disparity. It's just kind of who they are. They there was I don't know if it's still the way this way, but early on, like through the middle of December, they shot the fewest free throws in the league and they allowed the most. They've had they've been right in sort of in, in the polls all year long. They they are a low free throw attempt team and they 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 are a group that fouls a bunch. Plus 22 of the free throw line helped the Blazers overcome a night where they shot just 8 of 27 from 3. It was the first game all year long where they'd won a game where they did not make 10 three-pointers. Shout out to Lamar Hurd for that stat on the broadcast. 8 of 27 from 3 and you get the win. That's 29.6%. Round up to say 30% from 3. On the other side, 21 of 49 from 3. The Warriors shoot 43% from 3 and make 23s. And the Blazers still somehow find a way to win. Because of those free throws and because they were really good, they you know really good on the glass. Dame ten rebounds, Shaden Sharp seven rebounds, Trenton Watford eight boards. Um, you know you you get a 40, 47 32, a plus fifteen rebound margin. It helps you overcome the fact that you turned the ball over twenty one times. The Blazers won a game where they shot thirty percent from three and committed twenty one turnovers. They won a game where Dame was one of seven from three, where Damian Lillard, Amphrey Simons, and Jeremy Grant combined to go three of 18 from three, and they won the basketball game. It's because Shaden Sharp was great, 13.7 boards. It's because Trenton Watford was awesome. They closed the game with with Dame, Ant, uh, Nazir Little, Trenton Watford, and Jeremy Grant. Nazir deserved the minutes. He finished with nine points and five boards. It's good to see him bounce back and actually play some real minutes. 13 for thirteen for Sharp. Uh, eight points, eight boards, five assists for Trenton Watford doing what he does. He is just so good, so good in four-on-three situations. On a night where Dame has it, go- like, on a night where Dame has it going, which at this point is virtually all of the nights um he's he's prolific right like um he's going to draw a double team having shade or having excuse me trendon in there to be your fast decision maker out of double teams is just is really valuable um he's pretty clearly needs to be in that role with a spaced out lineup um it, I, I think we've seen enough to, to know that he's not a three or a four not wing he's a he's a weird five um this is the role i thought he was going to play all year and now that he's kind of 
they, you know, they kind of back their way into it because they have no other way to play. This is, um, you know, this is the, the necessity, the mother of invention. But I think it's really going to, I think it could be really good for the Blazers. And the name I haven't mentioned is Jabari Walker. 10 points in just six minutes and 45 seconds. Under seven minutes, 10 points, three of three shooting. He made his free throws. He hit a three-pointer. Um, he was... I thought he was pretty good on defense as well, making make active plays and getting getting on the glass and just like being being a being an effective player, like being a positive NBA contributor, like on both ends of the court. He was really good. He was really good to begin that fourth quarter on the court uh, to to help the Blazers build a lead that they eventually gave away with their starters back on the floor. But he was really good. And why I mentioned that the the uh, the uh, invention is or it in uh, <laughs> as necessity as the mother of invention there's a there's an idiom that maybe i won't uh that i won't try to say again on the podcast because that one really gave me some trouble but the necessity is that the blazers didn't have josh hart so you gotta play gary payton gary payton was not good in this game so they yanked him and they played nazir little down the stretch but because you're playing nazir little more minutes and because you're missing um you know because you're missing use of nurkic and you gotta play um you want to play trenton watford a whole bunch of minutes there are you know, there are minutes to be had in the back half of the back half of the rotation. Jabari Walker slid into those minutes that would have gone that would have been bench minutes for 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 Peyton or Nazir if Josh Hart had played his typical compliment. He played really well. Shaden Sharp stepped into he didn't play like significantly more minutes than he's been playing, but he played really well. Trent Watford played 30 minutes because the small ball unit was really cooking on on offense. Um, I thought it, thought it worked really well, and and they were still switching everything. They would have switched everything with Drew Eubanks in there anyways, but it wouldn't have been as effective because. Uh, I mean, Drew's better on defense, just like straight up all around. But in terms of like foot speed, I think Trennan is is aggressive on on. He's better like running around on defense than he is uh, than than he is trying to be a rim protector. So the switching the switching really helps. Like this was, if you know the the Blazers made a trade. We're going to talk about that in the second segment. But there's there's minutes to be had for Nazir Little. There's minutes to be had for for Shaden Sharp and and. If the Blazers don't add another big, which they, they kind of have to, right? It's in some way, somehow, there's minutes for Trent and Watford to continue to be the small ball menace. Um, I, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's perfect or anything, but tonight it worked against a team that doesn't punish you being big, that didn't punish the Blazers on the glass, and and Portland got a, a really nice win even against the Curryless Warriors. Okay, let's talk about the trade. Josh Hart t- traded five minutes before this game started. He's headed to New York. Ryan Archidiakono. Svee Mihaluk and Cam Reddish coming back this way. Let's talk about what the Blazers did. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the largest sports book in America. And if you are a first-time FanDuel user, that's just great news. Because they've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy easy. They'll let you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score first touchdown. And right now, if you download FanDuel, you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. The Blazers made a trade. They made a trade. Uh, 
full disclosure, I was going to lead with this, and then Damian Lord had a freaking triple-double, 33-10 and 11, and the Blazers get a nice win, and it's like, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the basketball game first, uh, but let's talk about the trade. Right before tip-off, Josh Hart officially, or not officially, um, officially is not is, is is not what's happened yet because the team hasn't announced it. Um, in fact, on the broadcast, they have to do this weird thing where they say, Adrian Wojnarowski apparently reports and Josh Hart is gone. It's like, um, it's just a strange, uh, it, it's strange to work for an NBA team. You kind of have to play that rule, uh, play that game, I mean. Josh Hart headed to the Knicks. The Blazers in return get point guard Ryan Archie Diacono. They get shooter wings, Fima Haluk, and they get the, the sort of the headliner of the deal, former top 10 overall pick Cam Reddish, a 6'8 wing. Um, he's more three than four, but wingy, wingy type. Um, a 6'8, in theory, three and D shooter from the Knicks. The Blazers also get, and this is a big one, they also get a 2023 pick from the Knicks. That's this coming summer draft. That's lotto protected. If the Knicks make the playoffs, the Blazers get their pick, which will be its top. That's top 14 protected, so it'll be 15 and above. Right now, the Knicks are in seventh place, and the bottom of the East is kind of doo doo compared to the Knicks. Um, I guess the Hawks aren't totally doo doo, semi semi doo doo Hawks. Um, I'm not a big believer in the Chicago Bulls. I think even if the Knicks end up in the play-in tournament, which is totally likely, um, they're comfortable. I'm pretty comfortable with them making the playoffs. Uh, the, maybe the Raptors finally get right, but maybe the Raptors also tear it down. I think. Um, Beyond that, the bottom of the East doesn't scare me too, too much in terms of the Knicks missing the playoffs. Um, they're, yeah, I, I think they're in. The Blazers are very likely to get a 2023 pick back. If that pick does not convey in 2023, it immediately converts to four second round picks. So the bet is that like, if the Knicks miss the playoffs, the, you know, they're, they're, they're hedging a little bit and saying, hey, instead of the future first on like that are going to be owed to you forever, Four second round picks. We'll get our first back and whatever. But both, both you and I, you know, both Blazers and Knicks, both think that that uh, that the Knickerbockers are going to make the playoffs, and then the Blazers will get a pick, a twenty twenty three draft pick. That is important because the Blazers owe their 2023 pick lotto protected to the Bulls. So if the Blazers make the playoffs, the Bulls would get their pick, but Portland would still maintain one. And I guess there's a scenario, a relatively realistic scenario, where the Blazers miss the playoffs and the Bulls uh, and the Knicks make the playoffs and Portland ends up with two 2023 picks in the top 20, which is real tradable stuff for the summer. That is real meaningful ammunition for the summer. That could be, that could come into play. Uh, I think we'll dive a little bit deeper on the like, you know, uh, I'll say this. I have a friend who's a big Bulls fan and um, I don't know, a couple years ago when, when Arch, Ryan Archidiakono was still on the, um, the Bulls, he was very, very certain, <laughs> very, very certain that Arch was like a good NBA point guard. A good, and he was, you know, uh, sending me stats and, and all this is a, a funny thing we text about relatively regularly. Um, yeah, I don't think he's been that, but I think he's, you know, a uh, backup ball handler. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to play or factor in. We'll see. Svima Halek is a dude who, like, can shoot it but can't do much else. And I think he's bounced around the league because he has that shooting abilities um, and, and kind of, like, a wingy, enough wingy size to fake it, but just hasn't stuck anywhere because he doesn't have quite enough, you know, the Lakers, the Pistons, the Raptors, now, now the Knicks, like it's like, he's just, he's, he's one of those guys that's just right on the cusp, right? Cam Reddish is the highlight of this trade. Cam Reddish is coming out of 
Duke. Um, you know, he was a super highly recruited high school kid. Spent a year at Duke. Uh, he's the he's the uh, R.J. Barrett uh, Zion Williamson class, uh, I believe. And he um, he 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 is. Uh, he comes out, you know, as highly, highly touted top ten pick uh, of of the Hawks and. He just hasn't, the shooting never really translated to the league. Uh, you know, his third year in the league, he shot a little better, 37% from three, but it just, he hasn't ever shot the three ball with like real consistency over a season. Early on in his career, though, he looked like he was going to be a very impactful defender. His second season in the league, it was like, oh, yeah, this dude's going to put, like, he he's, he, you know, he doesn't have, like, defense was the thing that was going to get him on the court and make him a player, right? Like, it was just, he was going to be the guy that kind of figured it out. Then the Hawks kind of got a little too crowded with too many wings. They had to make a decision. They get a first-round pick for kind of giving up on someone who wasn't, just hadn't, wasn't going to, you know, wasn't going to figure into their plans in any, like, super meaningful way. And he, and, and Cameradish heads to the Knicks. And it, it, he just never found real playing time. He never, him and Tibbs, for whatever reason, it, it didn't work out and he, he never, you know, he's basically had, he's play, appeared in 20 games this year. Um, he just, it just, he never, he never earned Tom Thibodeau's trust. And now he's moving on to his third team still on his rookie deal. Um, in general, I think it is worth taking a flyer on kids who are really, you know, still on your rookie contract under 23, you know, at, at 17, they thought you were going to be a phenom. You're six eight. You've got a lot of physical tools to be to be exactly what the Blazers need, and it's relatively low risk. You're flipping Josh Hart for a flyer on Cam Reddish and a first round pick in 2023. I think this is a good trade. I do not think it makes the Blazers better. Um, I will be t- totally upfront about this. I like to be honest about my opinions, even when my opinions are destined to be wrong. I don't think Cam Reddish is very good. Uh, he might be be better and he might you know change of scenery can really help guys he wouldn't be the first dude to be traded a couple times on his rookie deal to kind of figure it out at another stop um sh- shout out to Lowry Markinen, right like um it's it is it's possible that that he that Portland is the right spot for him and that Dame just um you know what is the phrase he always uses he pours into him Dame just pours into him to use a Lillard phrase and 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 uh, and Cam Reddish is so full with the confidence of, of the Lettero's inclusive leadership that he rises up and becomes the three and D answer. But yeah, I don't like, I don't think he's very good. Um, he, so if he, if he does, I'll be wrong about it. And I'm comfortable with that. What this is, is that Josh Hart was walking into free agency. You get a chance to have Cam Reddish's bird rights. Who's going to be a lot cheaper. The Blazers in the near term save themselves three, three million bucks. So they were right up against the salary cap, like $67,000 away. They're now uh, 3.2 million, or, excuse me, not the, the luxury tax line. They're way above the cap, the luxury tax line. They, they're not going to be a tax team this year. They were, you know, $70,000 from the tax line. Now they're three and a half million dollars, $3.2 million away from the tax line. That is meaningful for them. Reddish might work. The pick is really nice. I think getting a first round pick, even if it's like 19th or whatever it might be, um, probably won't be much lower than that, but like, or higher than that, rather lower, I guess is the direction, higher number. Um, won't be much deeper into the draft than that. I I think that's pretty good. Um, uh, Josh Hart is a really fun player and I'll miss him. One of the America's great face makers, one of the great face makers in the league. I hope he ends up with the Knicks and plays in the playoffs and makes um, fun faces at the highest level, um, you know, in, in an opening round series against the Celtics or whatever, or, or the Sixers. Like, yeah, give it to me. It'd be super fun. I enjoy watching Josh Hart. I enjoyed his time here. It just, 
you the writing was on the wall that he was going to go from you know from the, the writing was on the wall to begin with because of his contract situation and then when the shooting stuff just him not taking three pointers and then him like taking three pointers more often over the last after it's like he clearly had a conversation with the coaching staff about please 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 shoot it missing three pointers like the just the the three point shooting just like totally falling away yeah like it was it was the writing was on the wall that they were going to they they weren't going to see if it worked out with Hart that they were going to get what they could get for him. It was just it was just incredibly obvious. But like he was still good. In fact, some of the like these the advanced stats still suggest that Josh Hart was like the Blazers' third best player this year. Um, I don't think that. But I, to be clear, I I don't even I don't I would think he's more like the fifth their fifth best player. But um, yeah, like he was he was whatever 538's Raptor numbers and then like EPM really like Josh. But for for me like. Um, I, I just enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed the way I enjoyed the way he plays, how hard he plays. I love the rebounding. Um, I just um, it didn't work out here, and he lasted trade deadline to trade deadline, and he'll move on like um, like Norman Powell before him uh, without getting ninety million dollars in between. So um, it's yeah. Best of luck to Josh Hart. I, I, I will miss. I will miss watching you. Here's the thing: the Blazers are not done because they can't be done. They have too many players on the roster. They got 16 players. They got to get down. Um, you, um, the Blazers had one empty roster spot. They took back, you know, made a three-for-one trade. This is that magical flexibility, right? They make the math work. This math allow this, you know, keeping that roster spot open allows them to save some money. Allows them to make these unbalanced three-for-one trades. But they gotta, um, they gotta wave somebody, um, or they, um, or they need to create another trade, expand this trade, and make it add another team, or reroute someone on the way there and make it a separate trade. But they're they they're not done because it can't be done. Um, they literally can't complete this trade without doing something else. So they're not finished. What's next, you might ask? Well, let's talk about what can't be on the table. One of those people is Jared Vanderbilt. If he was still on the table, still a possibility, he's now headed to the Lakers. So let's let's talk about what um let's look around the league, the other big moves that have happened tonight and uh and talk about what might be next for your Portland Trailblazers. So let's do that to close the show. Join me in the third segment, won't ya? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. And guess what? The NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, and Locked On has you covered. It's actually today. You're listening to Thursday, February 9th show. The the trade deadline is like right stinking now. So tune into the Locked On NBA YouTube channel at 2 p.m. Eastern, beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern, to hear reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season. Who becomes contenders? Who's tanking for a better future? Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube so you do not miss a deal. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun. Look, Locked On can do this in a way that really no one else can. We've got uh, covering every team in the league on a daily basis with with folks who are on the ground everywhere. So tune in, subscribe to the NBA cha- NBA's YouTube channel and, um, and make it happen. Okay, some trades that happen around the league. Jared Vanderbilt, he's not going to be a blazer. <laughs> All the reporting kind of suggested that the Blazers were in the lead for him, and I even joked on this podcast a couple times, future Trailblazer Jared Vanderbilt, and isn't that always the kiss of death when you start saying things with a little bit of confidence? Uh, I don't know even if I believe that when I was saying it, but I like to have a little fun, and 
uh, I was kind of like, hey, the Jazz, it's going to be, you know, the Jazz are going to want more for Jared Vanderbilt. And I, I pitched a trade that was a little bit more. And then all the reporting, the public reporting from um, Michael Scotto and Jake Fisher and, and Matt Moore was like, actually, and and, uh, and Tony Jones of The Athletic, it's like, actually, no, looks like they might be a little bit less. And it looks like Portland is, is, is the most likely landing spot. So then it's like, okay, just kidding. I was wrong. Guess what? I was wrong in both directions, baby. That's wrong twice about the same dude. I don't think... I, it's pretty hard to pull off. Wrong twice about the same dude. Jared Vanderbilt heading to the Los Angeles Lakers in the big trade of the day. The Utah Jazz acquire Russell Westbrook in a 2027 first round pick in a three-team trade that sends D'Angelo Russell to the Los Angeles Lakers along with Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley and the Minnesota Timberwolves, the third team involved there. <laughs> hence hence uh, D'Angelo Russell are acquiring Mike Conley from the Utah Jazz in addition to a second round pick. This is a big deal for just for the basic reasons. The Blazers have been linked to Jared Vanderbilt for many months because Damian Lord has openly said, that's the dude I want to play with. Then all the reporting earlier this week was like, the Blazers seem to be in hot pursuit of Jared Vanderbilt and, and perhaps the leader in the clubhouse, uh, offering a, a couple second-round picks. It wasn't specifically the Blazers are offering second-round picks, but you know I was, I was re- parsing the tea leaves a little bit there that one Western Conference team offering second-round picks, Blazers interested, no first-round picks, seemed like it was obviously them. Uh, but the the Jazz found their first round pick. They had to include other assets to do it, but they get a 2027 pick from the Lakers. That's top 27 protect or top four protected rather. And if it's not top four protected, it becomes immediately becomes a second rounder, which allows the uh, Lakers to trade a future pick. Funny how not protecting your picks super far down the line allows you to trade more draft picks. Wouldn't that be valuable? Um, also would have been valuable if the Blazers had just not sucked last year and made the playoffs. They would have all their picks to trade, but that's neither here nor there. Russell Westbrook headed to the Jazz, reportedly will probably be bought out by the Jazz. And landing spots could be the Los Angeles Clippers or the Bulls. It would be so funny if if Russ becomes a Clipper. Definitely the funniest destination is him ending up a Clipper uh, at the end of this. I think that seems to be a fairly likely landing spot. Pretty funny for him. The Jazz get their pick. Um, the, that for, that 27, 2027 first round pick from the Lakers conceivably could have real value. Um, could be no more LeBron because he'll be with um, playing with the Portland Trailblazers and his son, Bronny James. So um, could be really valuable. Lakers, I think they did really well here. I really do. I really do. D'Angelo Russell, eh, take it for me, take it or leave it. But like they needed the shooting and some pick and roll creation. He'll help them. Jared Vanderbilt is... They just needed more. They needed some more bigger rebounder wing types. They have so many guards. Anyone else who can just like play some forward in the league, even some, um, you know, whatever position you think he plays next to Anthony Davis, but like another big guy. And the Blazers desperately, or the Lakers desperately needed shooting. Malik Beasley's like pretty good, um, like really good shooter. But um, like, so I, I think they did pretty well here. I really do. I think they did pretty well here. Um, I still kind of think the Lakers are very likely to miss the playoffs. I think they're talented enough to like win a playoff series, but I think they're fairly likely to miss the playoffs entirely. Um, they, they're 13th and they just lost to the 12th place team last night. They, they, um, yeah, like they're not in a good spot, even if they upgraded the roster. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure the Lakers, while they are better than they were, are a playoff team. I think they're kind of a low, they're kind of, they're in trouble. They're more, they're in trouble. Um, the thing is, the Jazz, after trading Vanderbilt and trading Beasley and trading Conley, they're going to get worse. They might really tumble a little bit. And the Wolves, 
Um, I get why I get why they traded for Conley. Um, you know, D'Lo was going to walk, and you get Conley for for a couple seasons. Um, he's he's pretty good at getting the ducks in a row. He's a good sort of organizer, adult in the room type of thing. Like when the when he's played, the Jazz have been good because he gets guys the ball where they need to and kind of keeps things. You know, he's just like a vet. He's a vet, and he's obviously was really good, but now he's thirty four, and like time catches up with all of us. Um, so I, I don't I kind of get get it for the wolves, but I don't love it. I don't love it for him. But I don't I don't think it's like awful. I just um I I'm not super excited about it on their behalf. Conley will help them though, no doubt no doubt about it. I think the the news here is like the Lakers got better. They're a team chasing the Blazers for one of the last play in spots. The Jazz got worse and probably worse intentionally so. They might be a team heading in heading in the other direction, slipping out of that play in race. I think that's good news for the Blazers and the Wolves are uh, you know, they're a team that is like very much in the hunt for getting home court advantage and they kind of um, either move laterally or slightly upgraded in terms of fit because of Conley's spot up shooting ability and like um less sort of prone to bouts of being really awful um as 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 D'Angelo has some real peaks real peaks and real valleys so I, I think that matters and I think it means they the Blazers aren't in pursuit of Jared Vanderbilt any longer which means that they've got to set their sights other places um the other thing that's an impact of the Blazers here for you know they still got to do something still got to do something because they they literally can't complete this trade without it do, without either waiving someone which they I believe they can waive um Mihalik and not and not go up against the luxury tax line but you're, you're going to obviously try to reroute and get you know a fake second round pick even if nothing else um but there was there has been some scuttlebutt um mostly in my email <laughs> mostly people sending the email to lockdownbladespot@gmail.com about the Raptors a team that had been hunt, uh, rumored to be in the in the market for a center upgrade at, being a possible landing spot for Yusuf Nurkic. The Raptors, as I'm recording this, have acquired Jakob Pertl for um, in exchange for Ken Birch, a 2024 first-round pick and a couple second-rounders. Um, it's, uh, you know... <laughs> uh, it's... I, I think it's... It, it was always going to be sort of a long shot that, that uh, Nurk ended up there, and now it's that's off the table, so... Like, I, I don't even know what this means for the Raptors, why I'm laughing. It's like, I, I just, could I analyze this? Yeah, like, I, I I don't know. The team's a mess. They keep adding players that I think are good. I think their roster's good. At least their top five or six are good. Um, but it's but mostly this is about where Nurk isn't going to land. The Blazers have been reportedly trying to shop Yusuf Nurkic and Josh Hart. Josh Hart's already moved. Um, you know, I've been speculating here, just kind of without any sourcing, but speculating here. It's going to be really hard to trade Nurk. If the Raptors were, you know, go, one of the landing spots for him, it seems like... Um, already narrow, pretty tough needle to thread. I'm having trouble seeing the Blazers make it happen, but they got to do something and certainly they will try to. And I think for the most part, Joe Cronin did well in day one. I don't think the Blazers are better. I think the Blazers are worse, but it also means more minutes for Nazir Little who could step into a bigger role, more minutes for Shaden Sharp who could step into a bigger role. And like, um, maybe forcing the coach to play Nazir Little is the way that Nas kind of steps into that starter role that many of us thought that he could he could really take on and, and seize. I think um you know I think I think day one of of the Blazers making moves went pretty well. I think day two a target's off the board and a landing spot for their other spots one of their other sort of trade away type guys is is off the board. So now it's um what what where will they go um i think um th th we will see in a bunch of stuff bunch of fireworks are likely very likely to happen in fact I, I was checking my twitter feed here to make sure like 
nothing else happened, right? Um, <laughs> luckily, luckily it didn't as I look away really quickly. Nothing else happened, but uh, a bunch of other stuff is going to happen. And tomorrow's show, the trade deadline is Thursday um, at noon Pacific time. Tomorrow's show, we'll recap everything that happened. We'll re talk about the Blazers and where they stand after they finalize their roster moves. Come back to the show for more. Tell your friends to do the same. Uh, don't miss the Locked on NBA YouTube show. We'll be live there, hanging out, talking trades, uh, myself and a bunch of other hosts from the Pod Locked on Podcast Network. Check it out. Tell your friends. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Wait. As the as the intro played, Kevin Durant just got traded to the Suns. Unbelievable. I just finished the dang podcast. Well, I guess we got something to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> There's another big target off the board. I, I real appreciate you listening. KD to the Suns. Can you stinking believe it? Go listen to Locked on Suns. Go listen to Locked on Nets. Find out the deal. Um, I, I guess he's not going to be a trailblazer. Okay, now we're playing the outro again, and this time I'm not coming back. Bye.